0: alright lads, this podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns opinions and updates across the world of wrestling Sometimes you get bored of N64, so let's watch wrestle till our eyes get sore We, we love, love the Teppoli, but there's so much more wrestling around the world, and making and wrestling round the world. With Sarah and Sarah Hello everybody and welcome to episode 11 of Sarah and Sarah Wrestling Around the World Now today is going to be slightly different in the fact that I'm going to be going solo Which is kind of scary Not sure if I'm going to like it considering I'm so new to this but uh, the other Sarah is just taking a break, so I've decided just for this time to go it alone. And um, so sorry if this is a complete mess, but you know it's worth a shot anyway. So for this episode, I'm going to answer some of your questions that you guys sent into the Twitter page at the Two Sarahs, which is really appreciated. We um, got a fair few in this week, and. You know, it, it does make me happy. I am as happy as Godot doing the uh, Chaos Pose, which is one of my favourite things in wrestling. So, thank you for them. I'll get to them in a bit, but I just want to talk about kind of the wrestling that I've been to the past couple of weeks, both live and obviously watching at home. The G1, we're in full swing now. The day I'm recording this is the day of the World Cup Final. France just won. won myself €100 Euro in work, but the G1... Um. obviously we had a great match between Naito and Kenny Omega, which was always going to be an absolute barn burner. Those two just had that perfect chemistry. I could watch them for days. You know, I wish that went 30 minutes. I think it deserved to go. I wanted it to be a draw for both because I think both of them deserve to get something out of it. But um, that makes sense. And obviously our boy Zack Sabre Jr., one of my favorite wrestlers. Um another great match of at Ibushi, which Ibushi won. Um him and Tak are just a perfect pairing. They just gel so well together. Like Tak is like the older brother who saw this potential in this young kid and was like, Yep, I'm gonna bring him through the system and Suzuki Goon and, and make him the guy and I think it's working out spectacular for him. Like I have Zach actually winning the block. In my pickums, but who knows how that's gonna go. Um, like We have Sad Lad Okada, who's just in absolute disrepair since losing his title. Some say it's him being himself and that he's loosened up without the title, but I don't think so. I think he's near a mental breakdown with his balloons and the cut off shirt and the red hair. Um. But yeah, the G1 is, has been great so far. I think Jay White's gonna be the interesting factor in this, but. All the different stories that are interwoven already with Yoshihashi. Like his shoulders bollocks already. Is he going to make it through? You have Naido and the Sonata evil kind of triangle. Whatever's going to go on there. There's so many different factors. But I'm not going to get too bogged down talking about New Japan. Because there's people who do it a lot better than I do out there. That's for sure. Um, but I did go to the... Strong Style Evolve show in Milton Keynes, it would have been two weeks ago now, and it was great to go and get to see all these talented people. We had Okada, we had, you know, Yuji Nagata, Tiger Mask, who looked really grumpy at the meet and greet, like Suzuki again, Ishii, there is even Yoshihashi was there, and I got to see Bone Soldier, the good one, and Ujiro was there with his, and he had two girls with him. But I think the guys really liked. Um, it was a lot of fun, and I got I was at night one, which was perceived to be the weaker night, but I had a great time. Um, the match at the end was Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. against Okada and Ishii and it was just outstanding. I mean, it was gripping on the edge of your seat and. Okada took a bit of a backseat, that's for sure. But I don't mind that. I think it kind of played into the, this whole story of it's these two, you know, veterans of the ring, Suzuki and Ishii, setting up for their match for the night after, and um, the, the the trades, like the shots that they were taking at each other, were just out of this world. I I don't know if there's like an a captivating wrestler alive like there is Minoru Suzuki the minute that he comes out into the ring. The new version of Nair Played. Which I was, a bit, I was a bit taken aback at first by it. But that was. Out. like That was just perfect. Getting to see it twice. Like, I obviously saw him at Scrapper last month. That was two months ago now. Um, that's it's, it's one of the best things in wrestling. That's for sure. And Okada with his remix music. Which I don't really like. But it, it totally makes sense. Given the whole. Kind of character change and development of him. I, I totally get it at this point after watching that. Uh this show also had a lot of Rev Pro talent and people kinda gave out like, Oh, it's a glorified global wars. Well really the talent that was on this show was outstanding, and um, we had you know, we got to see Chris Brooks against Yoshihashi with Yoshihashi picking up the win. Wish it was Chris Brooks because I'm a massive, massive fan of of him and CCK. Uh, we got to see Lycos coming out with him, It's great to see that he's back wrestling again. Yeah, David Starr against Tiger Mask in a in a really kind of weird thing where David Starr wouldn't defend his title, and, but it was like okay. You're just going to have a match against Tiger Mask and that was it. But it was obviously a, a ploy to let Tiger Mask get the win and, and David didn't have to lose his title because it wouldn't really make sense for Tiger Mask to win, I suppose. Um, yeah, and some other great matches on this show. Uh, Walter Nagata obviously was one that was kind of, you know, when you're going through the card, that's kind of the, when you circle and that's the one like one to watch and yeah it was great like it was a bit surreal I suppose I've gone from not seeing Walter live before 2018 I hadn't seen Walter live before ever in my life and I'm going to probably see him on like an upwards of 12 times this year between Carrot him making appearances in OTT my trips over to the UK to Progress and into like Rev Pro. And then going back to tag league and hopefully fitting in maybe one more show and going to Wembley then it, just before tag league his presence is nearly unmatched like he felt so at home in the ring with Nagata like it, it felt like it was this big important match for him and it was it was beautiful like it was really really well worked and obviously the next night then Walter comes out at the end of Suzuki and Ishii and and makes his presence felt. I think it's going to be a start of something beautiful for Walter. And a relationship with New Japan. And hopefully that means that we're going to get to see him over there very, very soon. Wrestling for them. Um, I think G1 Climax next year is, you know, that's go time. I think they need to get him in. I think he would freshen up the product as good as it is now, he'd make, he'd make it even better, and it would make such a diverse mix of matches for nearly everyone in that company. It, it's it's yeah, that was amazing, and it was a great trip. Got to see a great bunch of people, um, loved it, and then quick turn around to having two shows back at home. Then, um, there was the July 6th show that was run by, uh. Someone that we've talked about highly on this show many, many times, Jay Money, who bankrolled it, and um, Alexander Dean. The two of them worked together to put this show on in a theatre in Trinity College, Dublin, which is the biggest university in the country, and it's in the centre of Dublin city centre, which is perfect. It's it's very easy to get to, and it was bring your own beer, which is great for a lot of people. I think there's nearly too much beer consumed um, yeah, this was great. It had a bunch of great surprises with Rhea O'Reilly showing up and to to my knowledge, someone can correct me, she'd never wrestled uh, in the Republic of Ireland before which is absolutely crazy to me considering um, she made her, a surprise appearance. Everyone loved it. Uh, got to see Twitter's favourite referee, Eddie Sideburns, who was trying to hide himself from us at the start of the show. I'm cutting you out, Eddie, and we we knew it was you the minute you walked in. Um, you got the surprise his is more than hype boys. Uh, to ref the main event, it was them against Paddy Morrow, uh, Scotty Davis, and Phil Boyd, which was it was a great match. Um, the thing to say about this show is there's so much talent in Ireland, um, especially when looking at like the female talent. You know, we had the debut of Dolly Bell in in Irish Waters as well. Who Kind of look like Katie Harvey. And I have Katie Harvey. And you have Amy Alonzi coming through the ranks. Debbie Kaitel, Valkyrie. Raven Creed. who is an absolute star already. Um, the sheer amount of talent in this country. And then obviously you have the more than hype boys. And them putting on this show was really, really nice. And it was nice to see something different. That wasn't, you know, OTT. And it wasn't Five Factory. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. Mainstage wrestling. It was all of these companies coming together for the greater good. And yeah, only complaint was it was an absolute sweat box. But Ireland's going through a bit of a heat wave as a moment, even if it did rain today. But it it was great fun and it felt like something special. Like there's no matches where I'm going to go say, once this out on VOD you need to go seek out and watch. Because I don't think it was that sort of show it was that sort of show that felt special to be in attendance at. And I think sometimes those shows are nearly the best. Like, good memories are made. And it was great to see all, all the guys again, like our OTT crew or our Graps crew over here. Those are the kind of things that make going to live wrestling even better. And we had OTT then the next night in back in the Tivoli, our home can even remember the name of the show because it was so long, and it's really bad. It was a big Lebowski reference. I think it was that ring really holds the room together. Um, yeah, that was it. Was a great show, a lot of fun. Uh, the main event uh, was Haskins against Jordan Devlin. Um, it wasn't their best contest, I will say that. But due to interference from the Rapture, and then there's interference from British Strong Style with Martina as Filling in for Tyler Bate uh with a little drawn-on mustache and and mustache uh, pajamas and like, it wasn't their best, but it, it everything kind of made sense, I suppose. And Haskins, I'm assuming, still has his briefcase, um. So it leads nicely into Walter, who earlier in the night decided to uh, murder uh, Sean Guinness, Maxer, Devlin's good friend, and. Who did put up a good fight and it was a good showing? He got in a lot more offense than I think most people thought he was going to. Um, so it leads in nicely then for our WrestleRama main event with Walter against Jordan Devlin, which I just know is going to be an absolute standout match and something that people are going to have to go watch. Um, and that's on in the arena in Sure Road in August. And I'm very excited for that. Um, so many standout names on that card. Timothy Thatcher, Shane Strickland, Kushida, Matt Riddle, Tom Hirishi, like it's amazing. Like, we're gonna see these guys in a GAA hall, but they do it up really nicely and it's their they brand it as the arena and it does look really good on tape. The like and then the other standouts on this show, like Damien Corbin against Lucky Kid. Um, Lucky Kid is so at home in the tivoli. Not gonna lie, I was probably number one Lucky Kid fan on this night. Um, I think he is an absolute star. From when I first saw him, I suppose an OTT in twenty sixteen, he was a Tarkan, and he's part of the young lions and they were against the lads from the flats. Like that show itself was very poorly attended and it didn't really gain a lot of traction. So I wonder if people actually remembered Lucky Kid was there before it wasn't him making his OTT debut, you know. And and Corvin's going on this single run now, so it's gonna be really interesting to see what he's gonna do. And um, is he gonna come out with Bonesaw and and Duncan as tag team champions? Is he is he gonna completely kind of be you know the singles guy of you know the team? Like it, it, an interesting dynamic and. It's a bit annoying that Bonesaw and Duncan weren't there with the titles defending them were, or even just on the card in general. And um, But they're going to be against the Angel Cruisers at WrestleRama because they beat the Rapture and that's going to be great. I'm, I'm delighted that they beat them. We had surprised Pete Dunn, and he got one of the biggest pops I've heard in the Nativity in, in in quite a while. Pete Dunne is our guy. Pete, Pete Dunne is OTT. People have given out in the past that OTT didn't put enough emphasis on Irish challenge that we relied on imports but Pete Dunne's a day one he's down since day one ish like like the Usos he's been there so but now I think I'm gonna get into some of your questions that you all sent in and I was really really happy to see so many come in it was great you know hopefully you might enjoy them a bit and Kind of get to know me a bit more, I suppose, because I am so new to this, and give you a bit of insight, I suppose, into my brain. I, I I'm always afraid of coming across as kind of unintelligent on these podcasts, and that I might not know too much about wrestling, or that I'm kind of just a bit goofy, which which I am. I talk about Pokemon and all this sort of thing, but I do really like the intricacies of wrestling and stuff like that. So, if there's anything, I hope that does come across okay. So first question will come from our friend Mike Kilby. Do you think WXW would have been better this? Do you think WXW would have been better this year if they hadn't had all the setbacks, i.e. bone suspension, urine injury, MAC injury, etc.? I definitely think the injuries have taken something away. I think starting with urine since that happened first. I really, really had it in my mind that he was going to win 16 carat this year. The, the heel turn, the change, and all the different stuff a dragon and AJ, um, but she's not allowed to be called in promos as we saw in uh, the Shotgun Bloopers. He, they were building him up to be something even better than he was before and don't get me wrong, Niren was absolutely fantastic before, I loved him, I love him now. He was going to win 16 carat. I really thought that. I mean, I don't think we would have had the David Starr run. And in turn, I don't think we would have had the absolute Andy Turn uh, run. So, yeah, like, I think urine was a big blow. I mean, it was heartbreaking. I know he said it doesn't really matter what time you get injured. Like, getting injured sucks. But I think before 16 carat, that really stung. And um, seeing him around all weekend was really, really sad because, you know, we want to see him in the tournament, we want to see him wrestling. I really do think things would have turned out different and we would have had Aaron Simmons challenging Ilya Dragunov for the title at Shortcut to the Top and, and not Absolute Andy. And just the way the Mario Salani Andy storyline played out, like it, it didn't, you know, that was always going to continue and that would have turned out a completely different way. And the way David Starr has been used since reaching the finals at 16 carat he hasn't really been used a lot. Um and he hasn't really you know, haven't really seen him. So I, I do think that would have been a big difference and and then Bad Bones getting suspended, I think, really did rush the rise storyline. I think that was definitely going to be a lot more drawn out and played out with, you know, the bouncer turn at 16 carat. I think we would have seen a lot more kind of in-fighting in-between rise. Whose side were you going to take? Were you going to take Pete's side? Were you going to take Bad Bone's side? And I think we would have seen a bit more of a struggle there, especially with even Kiev. I think it's definitely kind of missing out on the trick there. I think that was kind of a storyline they could have seen played out till maybe Tag League, knowing the way WXW like to build up on their stories. it's it's a, It's a shame. And then that happening and... Then not too long later, Demac getting injured, that was heartbreaking because they're really onto something there with Demac still being loyal to Bones and not wanting to fall under Bouncer's leadership of Rise. I think Rise has kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit and it's a shame because it was something so strong and such a strong look for them. And I'm really interested to see where they go now with this because if seeing Kiev and Bouncer kind of do things with, with Monster Consulting and JFK using the belts, like that was the whole thing. And we have Lucky Kid going through his, you know, struggles of like with Tarkan. Tarkan you know, kinda of cheating to help Lucky win. Lucky not realising that Tarkan's helping. Um I do think Lucky's gonna go on and win that shotgun number one contendership tournament and go on to face Bobby Guns. Whether he beats Bobby Guns, I'm not too sure. Um, I kind of hope he does. Shh, I know I shouldn't say that because I'm part of the Bobby Guns section and we love Bobby Guns. But it'd be great to see Lucky Kid win. I think he does, deserves it and he deserves a good run. And that will kind of create more kind of friction between him and Tarkan Because Tarkan's going to want him to keep that belt. Yeah, um but lucky's gonna want to do it the honorable and right way because lucky kid is a lovely kid so yeah i do think it's been a very strong year for wxw but it definitely could have been stronger it really could have been i think there's definitely storylines that i suppose to no fault of their own kind of got cut short and it's a shame but I'm very, very excited to see now when they come back after summer break, there's some, going to be some setter matches. I mean, we're getting Pete Dunne against Walter, for God's sake. That's going to be unreal. I can't believe that's going to make tape. And we're going to be able to get to see that. It's, it's amazing how all of these different things in, in wrestling now are playing out, contracts and people being aligned to different companies. And we're getting to see some of the, the greatest matches we've seen on, on European soil in WXW right now. And continuing on from that, uh, our good friend Manu asks, talk about your favourite shotgun backstage promo moments this year. And to be honest, there's it is one guy that comes to mind and it's Bobby Guns. Every single promo he does, you know, him talking about the British wrestling scene and putting out the, the cigarette before he went and, and faced... Before he faced TK and him comparing Lucky Kid to um the you know, the German Hiromu Takahashi and sidebar get well soon Hiromu. hearing about your injury had I me mean, distraught. I was very upset for the whole week until he posted on Twitter that he was fine. So I don't want to get into that even more, but thinking of you, Hiromu. Um like Bobby Guns is a star of shotgun. Every time he comes on, you know you're gonna get something just something that, no one else could be able to do and it's outrageous and i really really like the storyline they're doing with dragon i know they're not really i suppose promos but the whole story they're doing with him and him being really depressed and you know getting going on those highs being shining diamond dragon and then losing and you know emil trying to help him out and emil trying to be a good friend saying you know you need help but it's a very complex and interesting storyline and I like the way they're approaching it. It, it. It's very nice and they're doing an absolutely great job. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that continues and how the friendship develops between Dragon and, and Emil in the future. And it's, it's it's kind of cool to see, you know, stuff like that being played out because I suppose wrestling, you when you think about wrestling, they're not really, so sensitive to those sort of things and they're doing a good job with it, I think, for sure. Our next question comes from Joe Gagne and Alan Forel said that we need to answer your question like straight away because you're like the king of podcasting and I was like, oh damn, better answer this question. Um, But it's a good one. Um, So best match you've ever seen live and worst match you've ever seen live. And to be honest, it's, That's a really tough question, I suppose. I've been thinking about it since you sent it in and I've been fortunate enough to attend a lot of live wrestling over the past two years. I think far more than I ever expected to see live on the shores of Ireland Um, and I've been lucky enough to go to the UK and Germany. I think the best match I've ever seen live and I think just for the sheer emotion and, you know, the sheer emotion and just the atmosphere was sixteen carat that twenty eighteen that three way between bad bones, John Klinger, Ilya Dragunov, and Walter. Just the emotion of Ilya coming back, I think. I mean, there's nothing that can replicate that, that 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 kind of feeling that you get watching a match, and it's been totally engrossed in what's going on. There's there's no better there's no better thing than that for me in wrestling. You can the story behind it just played a role so so much into it and, and that's what made that match so so special I, I don't want to kind of harp on about it because we've talked about it so much and everyone goes on about that match and and that weekend and how that was one of their highlights in wrestling and how emotional it was because it's something that it doesn't happen very often I think in in companies, especially in what's considered to be independent companies. You don't get those long bills and long storylines like that. WXW is kind of the only place that happens because they've contracted talent and you know because people come and go from other companies as they please and yeah I know our home promotion OTT, Jordan Devlin's a mainstay and you have Danger Cruisers and Martina who are mainstays but nothing has topped that for me that weekend in Germany this year at least like there's been some great matches I've gotten to see over the years with Jordan and there's Speedball and Keith Lee and they back in homecoming and just Jordan's whole run to the OTT title last year but yeah um that was just something so special and The emotions around me when Ilya won, people who've been watching WXW a lot longer than I have, seeing their reactions as well and seeing how much it meant to people. And the, the match itself was absolutely fantastic. There were so many different storylines going on in that. Obviously, you had the build at Walter and Bad Bones leading up to that night. You had... The throwback to the previous year of Walter and Ilya in the finals, them trading. And then the absolute brutality that was Ilya against Bad Bones in matches previously as well. It's it's just so good. That's wrestling at its best for me. When there's all those different interlaying, interwoven storylines. And yeah, it's really hard to replicate that in a lot of independent companies. And I'm so fortunate to have gotten to see that live. And as for the worst matches I've ever seen live, um, I I suppose I'm quite lucky that there's a lot of matches that weren't that bad, and I'm not going to include like trainee matches because that like that sucks. They're learning how to wrestle and they're doing their best, but all of our trainees here seem to be ridiculously good in their first and second matches. So I'm gonna just throw it to WWE. Those WWE live events that you go to. I went to one back last year, and it's funny, I'm thinking back like when me and Sarah started this podcast, both completely forgot to mention that we went to a WWE show, like we both went to the same show. And it just, it's not exciting. They phone it in, and obviously I expect them to phone it in, but that whole show was just, yeah, it's not great. It's not value for money. You know, it's seeing these guys, especially the one I went to, it was a SmackDown show, and it was like you know, it was going towards the end of the tour, and I that SmackDown Live next week from London or Manchester, wherever it was, and like Ginger Mahal in the main event, he's not very good. Um, it's Ginger against AJ, and it, it's mad to see like a bad AJ match but it was. There, like there was hardly any standouts from that show, and. Having Shinsuke and Kevin Owens, and I know Shinsuke is the biggest phoner in that there is, but not liking a Kevin Owens match is, sucks for me. And Just those shows, I understand why people bring their kids to them, because they're these larger-than-life superstars, and they definitely come across like that. But knowing what's out there for me on the independent scene, in my you know vicinity, it's not worth my time nor my money going to those shows anymore they're not targeted towards me I'm not getting satisfied I'm not getting the satisfaction out of them that I would paying 10 euro to go see you know the trainee guys in a the community centre in in North Dublin it's it doesn't make sense I don't know how someone who attends independent wrestling shows regularly could enjoy it That's just me, and I'm going to probably get ripped on for that. But, sure. Look. Our next question comes from Brian One Z V X. Which young Irish talent or talents do you see as the next talent to become established as a regular abroad? And looking at taking everything into account that's happening, I suppose over these past few weeks and months. There's some that are already making a name for themselves. You have Scotty Davis, who has become a young line of sorts for Will Ospreay's new promotion. You have the More Than Hype Boys getting to make their debut over in the UK very, very soon. You have Valkyrie making waves over in Germany for GWF. And you recently had Debbie Keitel making her debut in Scotland recently, along with Valkyrie and Katie, who are on the same show. So... It's looking very, very strong for these guys. And they're putting so much hard work in, you can tell. They're getting better and better every single show. So I think those are the ones that are going to make it. But I think we do need to consider someone like Raven Creed, who is now branching out of Cork and getting regular bookings in Dublin. She got to be on the latest OTT show in the Timotee she's a gem she's a star like how did we not know about her before She's very very good and I can kind of see her if she wants to you know going to the UK and abroad and and making a good name for herself but um you have the likes of Michael May as well who's going to be a great great star like he's gotten to go over to WXW before and he's he's trained with Zero One his fundamentals are so damn good he's going to be absolutely fantastic we know he is like I, the the talent of Five Factory Pro Wrestling are producing right now is up there with the best in Europe and it has to be said I know, I know I'm incredibly biased because I get to see them every single month on various different shows but I really fully believe that what they're doing in that school is outrageous like we're, we're going to these shows and people are putting on their first singles match or their first match in front of a live crowd and the matches are holding up against everything else on the card That's insane to me. I was always of the opinion, aren't like trainee matches meant to be kind of like, you know, not that great and not something that you want to watch again? Like as all the tapes that you see from other companies wrestling these really small time shows would lead you to believe. But it's a testament to how good the training is and they know when people are ready to be put in front of live crowds. And they know what their skill level is and what they should and shouldn't be doing the the this the ceiling is very very high for a lot of these Irish guys and girls. I'm using guys as kind of a general term, and <laughs> um, yeah, the ceiling the sky's the limit. And I'm so happy to see them being represented now across the UK and and stuff like that. Like I don't, I I've said before, I don't see why the Angel Cruises aren't getting bookings in places like Attack Pro Wrestling, because I think that's somewhere where they would flourish. Jay Money is going to be a star. He already is a star. He came down from the ceiling of his own show on July 6th, which was hilarious. You know, he has the character down to a T, and that's something that people probably struggle with the most when they're when they're kind of starting off in wrestling. They don't really get their character. Because, obviously, they're so focused on being a good wrestler, which is the most important thing. So, yeah. You know, there's so many of them, and I think it's happening right now that they're establishing themselves in Europe and I hope this is the start of something great. I can't wait to see where the More Than Hype boys are in a year. I just know we're going to be ruining the day that we were showing them off to everyone that they're not, not our little secret anymore, but the boys deserve it. Um, but I do think we need to give them time as well to grow and don't expect too much too soon out of these young guys because they are so, so young. Like Most of them aren't even 20 years old yet. Um, next question is from Malone underscore 713, who is uh, Lee, who writes all the OTT reviews on voiceofwrestling.com if you want to check them out. Um, thoughts on Paddy Morrow in general and how great he was on the Trinity July 6th show? Obviously, the other Sarah has been to a lot more wrestling shows than I have, especially in the Irish scene back in the 2000s. Um, I wasn't really around to go see those shows, but from what I've gotten to see from Paddy, as a member of the Lads in the Flats and on, you know, him on the Trinity show, he is one of the most gifted wrestlers that the country's seen, and those thoughts are echoed by Finn Balor, and I'm sure a lot of the Irish talent that have been around for a long time. He's a bona fide Irish legend in wrestling. The fact that he can come back and perform the way he did on July 6th is incredible to me. You know, after he was wrestling on a few Wrestling ZOE shows, he still has it. And he can jump back in. I really hope we get to see him in OTT again someday. I think it's nearly a crime that if the OTT show the day after was the last show that he wasn't there... He made such an impression on that crowd in such a short space of time, considering he was introduced as, like, Martina's brother and, you know, it was that, like he didn't know how to wrestle but then he busts out all these moves against uh, Charlie Sterling. It's 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 great and I really think Paddy is... I just really wish, you know, he's making a name now because he could be something big. He is something I really hope that the guys have learned from. He has so much, I think, to give to Irish wrestling still. I'm. I'd love to listen to all the stories that he has. He shares some great pictures on Twitter of, you know, shows previous, you know, and all the all the people that he's gotten to meet over the years. It, it's it's really nice to see, and it's nice to see people cherishing those memories, because I'm sure that people would love to sit down and listen to them tell all those stories. I know I definitely would. Um, yeah, Paddy Morrow is just outstanding, and who doesn't love Paddy M? Really, Paddy, if you're listening, you're probably not, but please, like, come back, come back and OTT. We all miss you, and you still got it. That's for damn sure. Eddie Sideburns, he's asked two questions. Um, Favourite Chaos member, and why is Yoshihashi the worst member of Chaos? And this is not the first time that Yoshihashi has been buried in these questions, by the way, people. We also have two other instances of Yoshihashi being referenced to. Do you think people would enjoy Yoshihashi's matches if he wasn't a bleeding rotten looking? And why is Yoshihashi the worst? I'm going to address the Chaos member thing first because if we're talking about, you know, the regular Chaos members, the guys that are there all the time, then it has to be Kazuchika Okada. He is one of the goofiest wrestlers who has become world champion four times and is one of the best wrestlers on the planet that I've ever seen a man who can do a cross body and shout scooby doo We doo They deserve to be champion. They deserve to be your favourite member of Chaos. They deserve to be the greatest wrestler of all time. And that's not the first time that's happened. He's done that before, but it's even funnier now because it fits in with this whole kind of thing that he's gone insane. But if we're talking about the wider Chaos group, and all the members of Chaos, everyone associated with the group, then I think everyone knows who I would pick. And that is Chuck E.T. himself. He's the star of Chaos. Who else is like Chuck E.T.? He had that great run of one match in the New Japan Cup. It was actually a pretty good match. I'm going to throw that out there. Not biased at all. I don't want to go on about how much I like Chuck Taylor. I've done that before. I've even written an article about it that I posted on my own blogging site. Um, it's probably not that greatly written because I haven't actually written something in a very long time. It's not something that I've done for a long time. I used to write a, lo- a lot more about um Joshi wrestlers, but not now. Chuck Taylor, if, if there's someone out there that doesn't like him, please let me know why. Because I find it very interesting. I don't see what there's not to like about him. He's engaging. He's very good in the ring. He can cut a promo. And he is one of the best wrestlers on Twitter. So, it's it's gotta be him. And as for Yoshihashi, like, I'm not exactly his biggest fan. I mean, he's just very much so there for me. But really, is he the worst member of Chaos? Like, and is his face that bad? that's for you guys to to be the judge of I'm not going to judge the man it, it, he had some terrible gear there for a while but he has some nice ones now for the, for the G1 I'm very impressed with his with his red ensemble he yeah he's just there for me but then again I'm like, who is there else in chaos that's worse because everyone else in chaos is nearly such a legend like if Chuck E. Cheese is number one Okada is number two Beretta is probably number three and then Toriano is number four. Yeah, like, I suppose, is Yoshi actually the worst? He probably is, you know, considering how strong that group is. Maybe Yado. But he's such a legend, then, as well, that I don't want to, like, disgrace the name of Yado. Dado. Come on, Rainmaker. No, I couldn't do that to him. Yikes. Maybe he is. People really don't seem to like Yoshihashi, but I am very indifferent. I mean, he can pull out a good match sometimes. It's going to be very interesting to see the struggle that he has through this G1. I don't know how he's going to fare. I think I have him getting like six points, and that's being very generous. Our next question comes from Andrew from uh, Music of the Mat, which is a great, great podcast that's also on the Voice of Wrestling Network. I urge you to go check it out. Like, there's so many different varieties of, of wrestling themes that he goes through. And WCW Slam Jam was the latest episode that was put up, which is a great one. And Zack Sabre Jr., Shinsuke Nakamura. Also, in is the pawn, And there's also a Golden Lovers episode that I feature on with a terrible microphone. So go check that out. And his question is, if you are planning an Ocean's Eleven heist... Which members of New Japan roster would you choose as your partners in crime? And this one, I'm not gonna lie, had me stumped for a very long time. But there's the one person that I would pick first, if this is like kind of a, you know, I'm going through the line of all the wrestlers, it's Yano. He's so sneaky, he'll have all the tricks in the book to help you get away with that heist. He's your go-to man. He's been there before. He's a he knows all the tricks. And you need to bring Ishii with him. Because he's been tagging with him. How many matches have they had together? Over 400. We saw today, the day this, this has been recorded, Ishii beat Yano using Yano's own moves. I.e. you know, hitting him in the balls, rolling him up. So those are the first two to go. Then I would probably take every single member of LIJ. So here we go, there's five Naido, Sonata, Evil, Hiromu, Bushi. Th- those five as a unit, they they work together so well. You have Sonata, the silent type. You have Evil with his big fucking scythe thing. You have Naido as the leader, directing the way. Hiromu as his explosive one, who can do lots of the moves, dodge, duck and dive. You have Bushi, who can also do the same thing, and also still sneaky and... If you need him to like spit mist on people's faces, he can do that. Then there's Sonata, the one, the silent type. He can sneak up, be really silent, sneak behind guards. You know, if you know, do what he has to do. And I also think L.I.J. are probably the most like intelligent group in New Japan. There is no basis to that. I just assume they are. And I got um their, all the picture books in the new the New World magazine, and there's some translations online for that and. There are people that you want, if you know if you have them on your side, you have a good, strong group there. And there is potentially some infighting that could happen, but I hope not. So there's seven. I'd pick best friends, Chucky T and Beretta. Um, no reason other than I'd want them to be on my team and hang out with them a bit if I could. So then, who else could I bring with me? a good one the next person I would bring with me would be Taguchi he's the coach he could think of all those plans to get us through everything he has that brain, he's the coach no other reason than that and then he'd be super fun to bring around probably wouldn't wear a t-shirt that says 69 on it although I was very tempted to get one when I was in Milton Keynes but decided against it Bought myself a Zack Sabre Jr. shirt instead. And then the last guy. Would I bring Zack? It's either going to be Zack because of his submission style. And he can probably get out of anything. Any maneuver. If someone like caught up with him. But I think I'd probably take Kenny Omega. He's the champ. He's probably one of the smartest people on the roster. And it's Kenny Omega. He could probably get us out of a bind if he had to. And he could totally sweet-talk his way out of anything. So, yeah. I think that I think that would be my team. And I think we'd have a super f- lots of fun with that. You know. I think that would definitely be a cast of characters. Like, if that was the actual Ocean's Eleven. Because I'm not a big fan of Ocean's Eleven. And I know it's probably, like, a sin. But I think that would be way more fun. And I definitely think that Chuck Taylor would get an Oscar for it. So yeah, that would be my team. But then again, there's so many different combinations you could have. I think stables are a very important factor in that. You probably should take whole stables, because then you know that they're going to be you know more aligned, and they're going to be more together t- towards a single mentality thinking. But then again, Jay White's in chaos, and that would cause chaos. So, But yeah, I mostly just pick people on who I'd think that I'd be fun to hang out with. And I think that would be a good group. But yeah, that question comes from Ollie from Round Roundtable, which you can also listen to on the Voice of Wrestling Network, which is kind of delves a bit deeper into all the shows in you know British wrestling, and they do their draft every year, which I always find highly entertaining. Um, and he asks, "Do you think Okada has named his Smiley Red Balloons? And if so, what are their names?" They have a he has a hundred percent named those balloons it's Okada he is really really strange he hangs out with Dustin and Greg and for that reason they're named Justin and Craig because going back to when they were over for tag league that's what Okada seemed to call them both Justin and Craig and for me that's hilarious Justin and Craig it sounds like really typical american american names And then I've seen that he had a third one today at the G1. And I'm thinking maybe that's Ricky in honour of Rocky. And that's just how I think Okada thinks. I'm pretty sure it's nearly like a cry for help that he misses them. Oh, that's a revelation. It's not him losing the title at all that's made him like this. It's the fact that he misses. He misses Trent. He misses Dustin. He misses Chuck Taylor. He misses having these guys around. Who wouldn't? They seem to have great fun when they were all, all together. It's probably like like what the hell? Get better soon, Greg. Like Greg, he got big, now he's not big, now he's not around, because he's still recovering from an injury that Chuck Taylor gave him. Now Chuck Tater and Chuck Taylor's neck is messed up. I'm gonna get really sad about this. It's, it's really he's missing his friends. He's missing his best friends. Oh, it's so sad. Now, whenever I see the balloons, I'm going to think of best friends. Damn. It's going to get really deep now, from there on out. Because it's going be to in back of my mind the whole time. There's so many layers to this Okada story, then, you know, there is, that meets the eye. It's something you don't really think about. I just really hope Okada's doing okay. I really, really do. I'm there for him. We know we're buds now. I got to meet him in, in Milton Keynes and, and shout out to Ben for this. Got to ask him his favourite Pokemon. Who's his favourite Pokemon? It's a green one. It's Bulbasaur. Got to ask Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly's is his Squirtle. Got to ask Jay White. Jay White is Charizards. Got to ask Will Osprey. Had a bit of back and forth. Mentioned Snorlax was in the equation. Charizard was in the equation. I brought a Dragon Knight because Dragon Knight's my favourite. As I said before, established that Will Ospreay wears a man bag, therefore he is Dragon Knight and, you know, he flies and stuff. So, um, Minora Suzuki, just since I'm on this Pokemon topic, Minoru Suzuki gave the best ever answer that I've ever heard from someone. So we're like, hey, Minoru. Well, ask Zack. Well, Ben asked Zack first, like, would he answer this? And then, he answered, like, yeah, Pikachu. I was like, oh, cool, cool, Pikachu. It's, it's great. It's great, Minoru. Thank you. And he's like, you want to know why? And we're like, um, yeah, we want to know why. He's friends with the person who does the voice of Pikachu. This can't be topped. This is over. Like, the spreadsheet is done. It's it's done for. Minoru Suzuki has just destroyed everyone. Even Zack was like, nothing's stopping that. God, no, it's not. Friends, the person who does the voice of Pikachu, one of the most iconic characters of all time, in any sort of in any sort of cartoon or television show. Nah, nah, mate, that's it. Like, it's done. Like, it's retired. Until I get Chuck Taylor's answer, it's retired. You know what I mean? I can't stop it. Like, that's it. Coca favorite is Pikachu as well because he didn't really know. And also Coco Ban is part of the Orange Cassidy fan club now. Just FYI, I am the owner of the Orange Cassidy fan club. And if you would like to join the Orange Cassidy fan club, I give out certificates to every single person who joins um, signed by me. Has some pictures of him on it. And you get your Twitter name at them. So at me, at Sarah Flan if you want to join. No biggie if you don't, but I kind of will judge you if you don't really like Orange Cassidy just throwing that out there if you don't like them something up with you. Um, got another question here from at Dougal underscore t how where can I watch Club, rock shandy slash klong matches without being there live I've heard the praise that he and they get when you review the FFPW shows I already want to see some of their matches well good news for you I'm pretty sure that the low blows network you can sign up do you get their matches? Or you can buy them on DVD. You can get Five Factor DVDs from GG Media and I on Twitter. And they do a great job of recording those shows. They're really, really well produced. Great. There's commentary on there that's really, really insightful. Um, and if you hook up with them, they I think they're selling DVDs. I'm not too sure if they're still selling them. But I've got episode 4 and... I got episode three and four from them, and they're both really, really good quality. So hit up them. And I really do think that Five Factory are going to explode in the next few months. And Klong is an absolute star. He's coming back from his injury soon, his shoulder that uh, we talked about on one of our episodes previously. And, you know, Martin Steers is only a few matches in, but he's making great strides with Take It Handy and, and Drink Rock Shandy. Along with all the other talent on FFPW, I mean, I can only speak volumes like I have already on this episode for the work that they're doing there. and They're doing great, great stuff, and, and they're definitely one to watch, that's for sure. Got another question here from Mr. Flano, who is my brother. Um, for the love of God, no pun intended, what did poor Chase and Ujiro do to deserve that? What did they do? And well, it looks like Tamatonga told us. They didn't take their side. And I think it's absolutely heartbreaking. Like, Chase Owens was an honorary Tongan, even if he thought he actually was Tongan in that whole little storyline. Chase Owens was extremely loyal to those guys for a very long time. And it's only because I think he became friends with Ibushi over a course of time and and definitely was on Kenny's side in the whole Kenny Cody thing. Because Cody isn't really a New Japan guy. and Chase is more so the New Japan guy, and as opposed to the Adam Page who was the Ring of Honor guy. And I know... That's obviously shifted now with, with Hangman being in the G1, and I think he's going to put on a great showing. But Yujiro, Yujiro's the odd one for me. Like I thought Yujiro would have been on the OG side. I find it very, very interesting that he isn't. And I'm not too sure where that's going to play into it. The one person that I'm very interested in seeing what happens with is Bone Soldier. I mean, he was brought in to the group by Tama Tonga. So, surely he's going to be on the OG side, but there's no mention of him or imagery of him in any of their merchandising, or they haven't even talked about him yet. I mean, are they just going to kind of wait and see when he comes back? I mean, he hasn't had any sort of interaction with the other members of Bullet Club except for Tama. And that whole group. I suppose he teamed with Ujiro. In Milton Keynes. It's very frustrating. I I don't know what they're going to do with him. But poor Chase and Ujiro. They didn't deserve that. I suppose none of them deserved that. I don't know where people stand on this whole. Bullet Club storyline. I mean I, I think it had to happen at this point. There was clearly a distinct. Divide between them. There was the. Being the elite story and what they were doing, and then you know the Tongans doing their own thing, it was a clear divide that needed to happen, but I just don't see the o g bullet club or firing squad coming out on top. They don't have the star power they don't have the manpower they don't have the ability that that other group has that's uh, it's it's sad to say, but that that's the god honest truth um but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I think it's going to get very stale very fast, this whole Tama and, and Tanga and Fale interfering in each matches and and being there. It, it's a bit frustrating. I don't think it needed to happen yesterday with Hangman Page. It didn't need to happen. I think they could have done that a bit more cleaner, maybe tackle him after the match or something like that. It it, it kind of takes it away a bit. And surely Fale wants to win so he can beat Omega. Or one of them wants to win so they can beat Omega. I don't know. I don't know. What the hell's Haku's problem? That I want to know. So that's it for questions this episode. Thank you all for sending them in, and please do keep sending them in to at the two Sarahs, or you can DM us whatever you feel more comfortable with. And um, it's really appreciated, and I'm sure. If it's not answered in one of these Q&A's, I'll get back to you on the Twitter page. It's like, if it is, you know, a bit of a shorter one, Um, always there for conversation if you want to follow the Twitter page. But but there is something I want to bring up before I go today, and it is a purchase that I made last week. It was on a whim. I was sitting in work, and, you know, I started browsing Amazon, I started browsing Amazon Japan. You can translate it into English. And I was like, Oh. Ropunga 3K, Show and Yo, picture book. I was like, that should be a bit of a laugh. You know, I'm always about the banter. Everything I do is for the banter in life, really, to be honest. Well, at this point in my life, it is. So, you know, made a sneaky purchase. I bought the New World magazine. Lots of LIJ stuff, you know. Cheer me up I was pretty down about Hiromi's injury. As I, I think most people know, he's my favourite in, in New Japan. And, guys, i got to tell you, I thought Show and Yo were kind of like, the really pure tag team and kind of polite boys and, you know, the, the the do-gooders, I suppose. But guys, this book is very risque. You turn the page, one of them, they're eating ice cream, they're, they're making their dinner, they're out in Roppongi. And Then, like, there's, like, shower pictures, they're all in the shower and they're all, like, spraying water. And there's other ones, you turn the page and you see their arses, their bare arses on show. I, I was shocked. I, I was actually shocked. Just wondering how any of you seen these pictures. What do you guys make of Show and Yo? Who's your favorite Punky 3K member is another thing. Mine's Yo. Yo is I don't know. There's something very pure about him. Even after seeing those books, um, I kind of like him. I think he's you know he has like the good spirit. I know everyone says that Show is the more talented one, and and that's fair. But uh, I don't know. I've, I've got an attachment to Yo over the past few months. And of course, there's Rocky. Um, player coach Rocky I suppose yeah it's just funny I'm a sucker for buying silly purchases like that and the magazines I got are great there's some great pictures of L.I.J. and and the Golden Lovers and handsome Minoru Suzuki and New World but yeah I think I'm going to leave it there for today I know it was a bit of a weird episode and you're probably sick of hearing my monotone voice by now but yeah, if you have any questions, please do send them in. I know that I'm not really sure where I want to go from here with this. I'll probably get in a few of the guys that we've gotten before on the show. One Bazig Barry um Barry might make an appearance, who knows? Um, my friend Jenna, who we can go on for an episode about CCK and Chris Brooks. I'm sure that she has a lot to say about that, but... Um, Yeah, please do let me know if you enjoyed this. Um, Do give us five stars on iTunes. Any lovely words of support would be great. Um, And yeah, so I'm sure I'll be back with lovely G1 hot takes. And hot takes about um, we're going to Phoenix Wrestling in Cork on the 27th of July. There's a gang of us from Dublin and Barry is going down. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And, yeah, I might get Jenna on to talk about her experiences at Fight Club Pro. Um, kind of talk about what makes that so special for her. Because I know she loves Fight Club Pro. And she considers that basically, like, home for her. Um, so, yeah, if you have any recommendations of wrestling matches that I should watch, do let me know. I watched Daniel Macabe against Timothy Thatcher. Which is absolutely outstanding from 3 uh, three two one battle, And I think you should all go check that out. Watch the first match between those two first, um, because it's very, very interesting to see the kind of story shifts from the last time they battled to the most recent one. And yeah, there's a lot of good wrestling out there. I'm gonna, and yeah, I'll catch you guys on the flip side. And to steal Sarah's line, Ian, sing us away. Now the show is over and we still haven't met Rover. Time to get some rest and recharge. But join us next time, won't you? And we'll discuss all those big issues. Like Jesus, Waller's hands are so damn large. Making friends and making towns and resting round the world.